Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in. We are going to get to a ton of news and uh, items we're going to discuss with my friend, Pastor John Haller, in just a minute. Always in light of the Bible as we look through that lens to see the world, world events, uh, national events, and news. But first, we've got to mention the Prophecy Conference, the Great Lakes Conference in Appleton, Wisconsin, is coming up a week from tomorrow. It's at Calvary Chapel of Appleton, Wisconsin. A lot of people come in from out of town. You can get info on the hotels and all that on their website. But just want to mention that next Friday, we are going to have in studio Pastor Chris Quintana from Texas and Dr. Andy Woods, who's a frequent guest on our podcast. They are both going to be in town for the conference. They're speaking there and that's going to be next Friday. We will be, the three of us will be in studio together. I can't wait for that. Saturday morning, 9 a.m., I will be speaking there at the conference. I'll be kicking that off. And also you will hear from Curtis Bowers, Pastor Jeff Sowald, Calvary Chapel, Madison, Chris Quintana, and Tommy Ice. That's all next Saturday on September 10. So make sure to go register, please register, so they can get a head count and idea of you know, how much food to provide, and they have lunch there, and you can go wherever you want for lunch. But anyway, so Bible Conference, uh, Prophecy Conference at Calvary Chapel, Appleton, Wisconsin. We'll put the link in the podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. I want to read a little bit from Psalm 112, because we're going to start with some good news today, but we're also going to get into some very hard news and disappointing news if you're a Christian, and um, it, it's hard keeping up with everything, friends, and we don't have to keep up with everything. But Psalm 112 says, um, the, talking about the righteous and compassionate person, um, it says, he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. Verse 7, he will not fear bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is firm. He will not fear. So just those verses I want to share with you, Psalm 112, 6 and 7, and I want to go to John Haller. Uh, brother, uh, we appreciate your prophecy updates. We thank you so much for all the work you do and even uh, doing additional updates because of so much going on in these times that we live in. But thank you for uh, your research and for coming back on Stand Up for the Truth. Good to be back, David. Well, John, we yeah, yeah. <laughs> because look, we do we have the good news. We have the good news though, too. Yeah. And and we do live if I could just interrupt for a second, but we we live at this time where we're seeing all of these things. And as I talk about all the time about this acceleration and convergence of all these things that seem to point to the fact that we may need uh, it, uh, live at a time near the Lord's return. And I, and I think right now that the, the evidence for that is mounting quite qu- quickly. It's, mm. it's sort of hard to deny it at this point. Now, it, it could take a while yet. I, I'll acknowledge that. But, you know, remember there was, there was a point in Jesus' ministry where he said to the, the disciples, he said, you know, the prophets and, and all these other people, they, they long to live at the time that you're living at at the time of the com- first coming of the son of man. Mm. And I think that that same principle applies to us that we should consider ourselves blessed to live at this time, at the time close to the second coming of the son of man. Amen. And so I, th- I think we need to keep that in mind at all times, but it, look, it's difficult. I mean, I watch this, you watch this, you talk about it. I talk about it. It's a very difficult world. But there is some good news going on on some some fronts. Yes, there is. And I want to start with that. Um, by the way, I'm hearing a little bit of echo, John. Uh, if you can turn your headphones down a little bit or your speaker okay. speaker or headphones. Um, let's go over to, well, in California, the federal court struck down a California mandate that required churches to pay for elective abortions to force churches, right, 
through their health insurance plans despite biblical convictions. So let's start with that good news right there. This is a religious freedom issue. John, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, the, 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 there are some federal courts. And so, again, I, I will start with a caveat. Whether you liked President Trump or not, the fact of the matter is that one of the things that was done through uh, many conservative organizations that worked on this for years, mm-hmm. particularly like the Federal Society and others, was to get conservative federal judges appointed to the bench so that they could begin the process of returning us to more of a constitutional republic as set forth in the Constitution. And so we've had some good rulings. So this is one of the good rulings <coughs> that we had. It's uh, it, it recognizes the fact that people have religious freedom. But you need to understand that this is coming in the context of an absolute all-out war. Uh, Linda Harvey, who I think you've had on your show from yes. Mission America, and who's she's, here locally. Yeah, she's scheduled she, next Tuesday again. Oh, is she? Well, she has a great post up about uh, they've invited comments right now, and you can go to her website. I think it's Mission America. Yep. And you can and you can go comment and leave comments on the proposed regulations that the federal government is coming out with about Title IX and sex discrimination and transgender and all this stuff, because they're pushing a radical agenda. And believe me, part of this is to completely shut down the opposing viewpoint. For example, the governor of and here we are already going off to bad news. <laughs> the governor, uh, Tom Wolf of Pennsylvania, and I have friends who are legis- state legislators in Pennsylvania. I went to high school there hmm. and they're conservative, solid Christian people. But he came out and said, we are banning conversion therapy. So what does that mean when they're banning conversion therapy? It means that if, if you want to talk to someone about changing their sexual orientation or gender identity, you are banned from this. And now they will say, well, we have an exception for churches. That's baloney. They don't have an exception for churches. They want it's to intimidate people and to silence them, to keep them from applying biblical methodology and mm-hmm. counseling. I mean, I, I heard you had um, uh, the former transgender uh, couple. Yep. yep. Laura Perry. The Laura. other day. Yeah. And, and they want to stop that. So, Think of, think of how insidious and evil this is. So you cannot talk to someone about changing their sexual orientation or gender identity, but doing surgery and mutilating a child by taking, you know, taking off their breasts and other body parts and stuff, that's not conversion therapy. Hmm. It's 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 insanity. Yeah. And they're trying to put this in. And there's a there is an agenda out there. I don't care what you say or anybody says there is an agenda out there. So but there's good news in that some people, some courts are recognizing that this is wrong. The government is overstepping its bounds and they're doing this under these Title nine and others that say, well, we are against sex discrimination, and it's clear that when that law was put in place, the sex discrimination part that was prohibited was discrimination on the basis of male or female sex. They've now changed it, expanded the definition of sex, and some courts have said, you can't do that. So there's a controversy going on right now in the political realm, and, you know, if if people don't want that to come and be forced down everybody's throat, then fine, don't do anything. So that's one good news. We also talked, I think, the last time I was on about the decision on the EPA regulations and that type of thing about how uh, the executive branch and the EPA was overstepping its bounds mm-hmm. and doing things that they weren't specifically authorized to do by Congress. Now, the the Democratic Congress, I think, has tried to put rules in place to uh, to cover that, but it's um, I they're they're still working against that. But so the 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 decision, I can't remember the name of the case right now. Uh, the Supreme Court at the end of June, they said, you know, the government can't overstep its bounds, and but they're still doing it. You know, and so you're going to have to litigate it through the courts if you want to stop it. But there's good news there is that there's been 
some breaks put on to some of these really radical leftist agendas, particularly in the area of human sexuality and in the environment and climate and that sort of thing. Yeah, Um, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and then there's also some other good news in that uh, I know that out in California, uh, I think it was Calvary Chapel, San Jose, uh, Mike McClure, they, they, they refused to, at least they may have shut down for a little while, but then they refused to shut down. And so the local authorities there instituted these huge fines on the church uh, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And even up, I think, one section of them, uh, the fines totaled over $2 million. So on the smaller section of fines, the court said, nope. All of these are wiped out. This was over the, the government overstepped its bounds, uh, violated religious freedom and that type of thing. Now, they still have these two million dollar things. And I think eventually those will be overturned. Uh, I think also up in Alberta, there have been some rulings. I think you might have replayed James Coates yesterday yes. on your program. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that was a new one or an older one, but um a lot of those fines uh, against Coates and uh, Art Pulowski and others, those were the, the magistrate came in and said completely overturned those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these were enacted illegally. And yep. you don't really hear, you hear about the fines being implemented. You don't hear so much about the court ruling being overturned. So right. there, so there is some good news yes. out there, but you don't, you never hear the news about it. And by the way, the, the three of those passed, and Tim Stevens was another one that we've had on the podcast, arrested, sent to prison uh, for keeping his church open against government orders. And so we want to stress the fact that at least three of these pastors that were arrested or imprisoned for these reasons, for not closing down their churches, um, we don't. We hear all the fines and how the government came after them, but you're right, we don't hear the good news. And by the way, this is coming to America, and we're... Um, waiting for just for the next crisis or opportunity the government will take to shut down or try to, you know, force or control churches. And can I make a recommendation too? I, yes. I listen to a lot of different people as I'm running around. And one of the people that I listen to is Dennis Prager. I've, I've listened yep. to Dennis for years. I think I was a charter subscriber to his uh, yearly podcast. It's probably the best $58 I spend every year uh, close to it. And he had an interview two days ago with one of the guys who has been in jail uh, because of the January 6th uh, demonstration, riot, insurrection, you know, depending on your political view, what you want to call it. <laughs> and I have to tell you, it was one of the most um, disheartening views. He's been held without bail. Wow. Um, he witnessed a lady being beaten by policemen and stuff in the tunnel. Yeah. And he has been held, uh, he was in solitary confinement where he was allowed out one to two hours per day alone, otherwise in a cell in solitary confinement for about 275 days over the last year and a half. Um, he hasn't gotten a trial yet. Uh, he's gotten a new lawyer. Uh, he filed a motion for a bail hearing in January and it's still not been heard. Uh, this, and so you can get that on the Tuesday podcast of, uh, Dennis Prager. If you can get access to it, I'll, I'll try to pull it off. Uh, and, uh, you know, people can email me through the church or something like that. And I'll try to put a download and edit a copy in my Dropbox and maybe people can download it from there. I, I'm just telling you is, I do not think that people really understand the level of the division in this country. No. And now we have the president going out there and calling everybody who disagrees with him a fascist or semi-fascist. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like that's a declaration of war against half of the country. Yes, it is. More than half, probably. John, let's talk just yeah. a, a little bit more about, and I know this wasn't on our... <laughs> <laughs> As we were emailing back and forth stories. Like this has and, never happened and, before, yeah. right? <laughs> and bullet points to talk about. But I think people need to hear because we don't hear the truth about what's happening to those men that are imprisoned since January 6th of last year. So th- this is really disturbing. 
to a lot of people. We don't understand why. Of course, the media is well, – they won't report it. They they're covering it up, right, because the Democrat media will protect their own in government. But this is wrong. It is an injustice. What can the average person do? Uh, I think that there are funds that have been set up to help these people with getting uh, legal counsel. Now, look, some of the people did things wrong. There, there were people that engaged in bad conduct. But I'm thinking of a case of someone like Simone Gold. Uh, you know about her case. Yeah. She um, she went in. She said, is it okay if I go in here? She said it was okay. People, wa- I mean, you see these pictures of people walking through the rotunda between the ropes mm-hmm. that are set up. And, um, you know, the president yesterday said there were several police officers who were killed in this thing. That is a total, complete, unadulterated lie Mm -hmm. from this guy. Yep. That did not happen. The only person, there was one lady killed in the tunnel, and there are videos of this, but they won't release those. And the January 6th committee, they do things like they, now they're subpoenaing one of Trump's lawyers who's involved in the Mar-a-Lago raid and representing Trump. I mean, we we are in the midst of a political war, and I will say this with no reservation on my part. Everything that the Biden Biden administration accuses the right of doing, they are doing in spades. Yes, exactly. So if you if if, if, so, they are the ones who are doing. And so they say, well, there's an insurrection. It's like they want to elect people to office that disagree with us. That's an insurrection. That's fascism. That's not fascism. That's the way our government system works. But I've I've never seen anything like this. You know, it's you know, I'm in my late 60s and it's hard for me to even begin to form the words about what I'm seeing. And I have friends who go along with what's happening. And it's like they it's. It's it's like there's a veil over their eyes and their hearts and everything about what's going on. And so the question is, what's the reaction? I don't think violence is the issue is the is the way, you know, I I just don't think we should do that. But I think there you can stand up against this and work within the system that's there Hmm. to try to write this. Now, I don't know if it's going to work. I mean, because we are pretty far gone. And on the other hand, too, David, I have to acknowledge that all of this may be happening because of the things going on in our country, and we are under God's judgment. I mean, yes, we talk about the transhuman agenda. Let me just give you a couple things on that, uh, maybe getting back to our outline yeah. here a little bit. But Marjorie Taylor Greene is a conservative congresswoman from uh, Rome, Georgia. Yes, I wanted she to get to introduced, that. She has introduced legislation to protect children from these mutilation surgeries. Yes. Three times, three times last week, she was swatted. Now, in case you don't know what swatting is out there, swatting is when someone calls the police and says, hey, there's an active shooter or someone was shot and killed and there's somebody with a gun at such and such an address. So three times last week, and it appears that these were transgender activists who did this, they called the police. 911. And, and so these police showed up at her house. Guns drawn, Guns by the drawn way. and everything. And and she said, I heard her in a, in a couple interviews, she said, you know, I, I usually go to the door and you wake people up in the middle of the night. You know what it's like being woken up at 3 a.m. when you're not really expecting <laughs> to. I usually pick, a, she says, an AK-47 or AR-16, whatever, 15 or whatever it is she has, and go to the door. But I something told me not to do that. Wow. Because the, the goal is for her to do that. Yep. John, we have... We have 45 seconds, and I just wanted to make sure so that the goal is we got for that her, in. Okay, the goal is for her to do to do that, and the police will shoot and kill her. This is attempted murder, and people need to be prosecuted for this. But you just don't see this happening. And then when we come back, I would like to talk about this Boston Children's Hospital thing, if we could, yep. to kind of put it in context. Yep, so we definitely, you guys have to mention, you guys have to mention, uh, the, not mention, 
Sorry. Um, you guys have to look up the Marjorie Taylor Greene swatting. Very important story that the media is not covering. Tucker Carlson had her on. Look that up, though. Todd Starnes did an article. We'll also talk a little bit more about the uh, increases in energy and other things. Is that on purpose? And we'll get to Hunter Biden's laptop, which the media won't cover either. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. John Haller is our guest today. Um, We're going to talk a lot about stories coming up that are in the news, and we'll get to these one by one. But right now, we've got to go back to this very important topic. I wrote in my book last year, Canceling Christianity. One of the chapters was The Divided States of America. And it's on how we are divided, but sometimes we're purposely being divided by our government, by the media. It's for an agenda. It's for a purpose. Now, I'm looking at an article, and I would never go to MSNBC because it's trash, it's garbage, it's it's just, anyway. Um, Jack Hibbs shared this, and I'm thankful he did. We had him on the podcast last week. Steve Bannon wants to summon an army of Christian nationalists. The whole idea about this, it's putting down Christians and conservatives who want to get involved in voting in elections, engaging, voting, being aware of the issues and voting. Basically, the MSNBC and CNN and all these others, they want to keep Christians at home. They don't want us to vote, obviously. And they're very successful, by the way. But the picture is with Steve Bannon holding a, a sticker saying, I voted today, there's a cross hanging from his arm. And so the idea is Christian nationalists, they're trying to take over America, right? And John, I just want to get your response to this purposeful uh, propaganda. It starts off by saying, Steve Bannon helped lead Trump's plan to steal the 2020 election, and now he's summoning Christian Republicans to get involved. Your thoughts on this article, because it's very purposeful, isn't it? Yeah. So listen, let me let me first say this, because uh, I watched this from uh, a couple of different perspectives. And I do have some concern <coughs> sometimes that people that are involved on the right in this political movement use some. There are some people that are very new age-ish. And they use terms like great awakening and things like that, that that concern me. Hmm. So I think we need to be careful about that. But having said that, I, I watch Bannon. Okay. So I, I understand, um, pretty much what he's talking about. And he's just saying is go out and, and manage this. And it's interesting in this article that Anthea Butler, she says that, um, there, he's summoning people to work the polls as part of a broader strategy to make November's midterm elections as chaotic as the 2020 election. Oh, my goodness. I thought everything in the 2020 election was fine. That's and right. It was Trump trying to overturn this. So you need to understand these people are abject liars. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I cannot dismiss the fact that God's allowing them to rise up as part of a judgment on us mm. for all the other things that are going on in America. And, and that I can't dismiss that. And so then the question is, how do Christians act in that period of time? Do we just sit back and take it or do we do as little as we can to try to influence things for the better? I'm in try to influence the things for the better camp. That doesn't make me a new ager no. or anything like that. I don't think we're going to build the kingdom. I think the kingdom comes when Jesus comes back. Exactly. Until then, though, we have responsibilities to act towards people. So what what's going on is they're trying to make sure the election is run fairly. And I am telling you that right now you're seeing a spate of stories about uh, Biden's rising in the polls and that type of thing because, you know, gas is way down. Oh, yeah. Sh- gas went up, doubled. And now it's dropped back by 10% or something from its peak. And he's driving down gas prices. So there's this narrative. Remember that one of the books that Klaus Schwab wrote after his book on Charlie Vector 019, or as I refer to that thing that came from China, (laughs) he wrote a book called The Great Narrative. Mm. And this is what we're seeing. And I have covered this extensively in my updates over the last couple of years. They came out with the, the, the create the narrative that everybody that disagrees with us is an 
a, an extremist, a white supremacist, yeah. and that type of thing. And I have to tell you, I've, I've been involved with people in conservative politics. I do not know that I have ever met a white supremacist. I would say that most of the people that I know, race is irrelevant. It's values and things that are more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's this narrative. And, and when they released their thing last year, what they did was they took you, you can see the imagery. It was released last July by the Department of Homeland Security. They took the pictures from a 2019 report on Islamic extremism and put those pictures into the um, into the uh, the brochure that they released. And this is consistent. I mean, you have Michael Hayden, who is the director of uh, the CIA. Somebody tweets and says the people on the right are worse than any Muslim extremists. Wow. And Hayden, Michael Hayden retweets that and says, yeah, I, I agree. And I was the CIA director. And so these are the same people who came out and said the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. 51 national security, CIA, other people, Hayden, uh, John Brennan and all these other people, 51 of them released a letter when the New York Post, uh, Miranda Devine came out with that great article on the laptop. And now they admit that it's true. Hmm. But there were 51, and nobody calls these people to account because it was part of the narrative. And this is the thing that we live in. It's all about controlling the narrative and creating the narrative. And this is a, this is, this is the world that we live in. This is, I hate this. This is what they did in the Soviet Union. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's communist. What did they propaganda. say in the Soviet Union, we're not sure about the present, but we're, we don't know what happened in the past because it keeps changing. Hmm. Um, history, history keeps, keeps changing. Right. right. And, They're rewriting it. So, John, right, so, um, let's move on to the one more point on this because you were alluding to the fact that Christians are to be salt and light. We're not to bury our heads or stay at home and be afraid. We are supposed to still try to, first of all, preach the gospel, get people saved, uh, but also to influence our culture around us. If we love our neighbors, we are going to want to impact legislation that's going to affect us all when it comes to what policies our government enacts. But I want to quote this article now to to the communists and socialists and the Democrats and the liberals and progressives at in all the major media, ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, they think this is a bad thing. In this article, Turning Point USA Faith says on its website, they're saying, registering voters and educating the Christian community on the connection between faith and freedom. And they say in the article, there's a comprehensive effort to mobilize conservative Christians this fall. So understand the whole push is this is bad. They are evil people. They shouldn't be involved in politics. We shouldn't even allow them to vote because they are, they are not just bad. They are evil people. They are wrong. So I just want to make sure people understand that's the narrative. That's what they're putting out there. They don't want you engaged. They want you to stay home because they think you're evil and you don't know any better when it comes to policy and who to vote for. So now, Hunter Biden laptop. First of all, John, I'm seeing an article. The senior FBI agent resigns uh, over scrutiny of helping bury the Hunter Biden investigation. Another headline, Republicans are demanding Facebook disclose communications with the FBI on Hunter Biden's laptop. Now let's tell the story what we've been talking about for a year and a half, what I've written about in my in my book even on this story. Hunter Biden, that is a true story. His corruption is true. Everything that they've said about his, you know, smoking pot or Coke or all the, the porn and all that stuff, all the images have come out, it's all true. But the media buried it, and the FBI contacted Facebook and said, do not allow this information on your platform before the 2020 election. John, this is what happened. Mark Zuckerberg just recently admitted that he did bury the story, the negative news about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son. And I want you to just share your thoughts and take it from here. Yeah, Zuckerberg did an interview with Joe Rogan uh, and uh, admitted that, yeah, the, the FBI had come to him. Now the FBI comes out and says, oh, we didn't do that. But then the FBI guy in charge resigns and has walked out of the the building last week. So I'm sure there's no connection there. (laughs) Just like there's no connection with the guy, by the way, 
remember the thing in Michigan about the uh, kidnapping the governor? Yes. And they've had a trial, and the trial ended in a hung jury and that sort of thing. Yeah. The guy who was in charge of that operation was then appointed to be in charge of the January 6th investigation in D.C. Of course. And what they did was, I mean, they had like 18 people involved in the Michigan thing, and and 12 of them were FBI informants. Hmm. Uh, and the trials have gone completely south, even in Michigan. I mean, we have Attorney General, uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James, uh, Nikki Haley was saying this yesterday. She has a uh, uh, yeah, political organization. Uh, I forget the name of it, something about, you know, America. And the New York Attorney General released her confidential tax returns from that organization that disclosed all of the contributors to that. Hmm. Now, look, we know that this happened out in California with some of the uh, Proposition 8 thing. And people were fired from their jobs for having contributed to Proposition Eight. Yep. Uh, the head of uh, the head of uh, Mozilla was fired. Yep. The, the the founder of Mozilla because he had contributed to this because he believed in traditional marriage. So this is um, boy, this is this is a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's really unbelievable. So this Hunter Biden laptop thing, I think it needs to be investigated, but. It's been buried. Now we have, I think it's related to the Mar-a-Lago raid, and they're trying to get some of the documents there um, from Trump that might be related to Crossfire Hurricane and that type of thing. In the uh, Mar-a-Lago affidavit for the search of Mar-a-Lago, they've redacted that. And what they did was all the people who were involved that they might have gotten information from, they redacted. They only left one name in there, a guy named Cash Patel, who was the White House Department of Defense chief of staff under Trump. And his name is in there. And he says, I'm getting death threats. I'm getting racial threats. All of these things. He's, I think, Indian, ethnic Indian. Hmm. And I'm just telling you is they are doing everything. So we have an election coming up. People are trying to get control of the election. In, in France, they have paper ballots. They have 32 million people cast their ballots in the most recent French election. They were counted and the results released by 10 p.m. the evening of the election. 32 million paper ballots. Wow. We have these elections go on. I mean, you saw this in Arizona and some other places recently. We get a week out and they still have they still don't know who won the primary. And so we don't know who's going to be on the ballot for the November election. <laughs> wow. Amazing. And, and we're supposedly this advanced country. And so my fear is that there will be interference in the fall election. And I'm not so sure that we're even going to have the fall election in the way that it was. And they're, and they're going to push mail-in ballots. A lot of these things are against the law in the states where they were pushed. But they put in these executive orders and everything. And, and, and what's... Did not the court in Wisconsin rule that what was done in Wisconsin was against the Wisconsin statute in the 2020 election? Yeah, but that didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so they ruled. But so this is I think all of this is part of uh, the Great Reset. And by the way, we see this political turmoil all over the world. I mean, there are governments changing. There's wars, rumors of wars everywhere that we look. So. I just think this is the world that the Lord described and the prophets described as would be existent before the Lord returned. So we can we can just kind of, you know, cover up, you know, go to bed and pull the covers over our heads and pretend like it's not happening. Or we can stand up for what's right. Amen, brother. Um, Amen. You said a lot right there. We've only got three minutes left, (laughs) three and a half minutes left. I did want to get to one more story, and that would be the Texas lawmaker on armed Antifa members showing up at a kid-friendly drag show. First of all, kid-friendly drag show, and uh, they, they want to intimidate people. So this was fascinating. What I My take from this, John, and I'll let you finish the commentary in the last two minutes, I, I think that all these groups 
are coming out. Notice how they are all, I would say, Antichrist spirits. The Antichrist spirit of the age. They are all against the biblical worldview. You've got, of course, Black Lives Matter, Global Network Foundation, and Marxism. You've got the LGBTQ ideology and all those that promote that. You've got Antifa. You've got all these radicals coming against conservatives, Christians, and Republicans, and they are promoting these drag shows. So I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, this is sort of one of the um, really most difficult things to um, to deal with. And, and I see this. Listen, I, I live in a and our church in Sunbury, Ohio, is lo- located in a relatively rural area. So there are a few school districts up there. I know some of the teachers, and they're telling me that there are teachers in our school districts that are fully in favor of all of these things. Christopher Rufo, uh, at his website and over at City Journal, yes, covers this all the time. With and and he downloads the documents. People send him the documents about what they're putting in. Mm-hmm. So here in Texas, Roanoke, Texas, they were doing this kid-friendly drag event. And all of a sudden, there were people who were going to protest it. And all of a sudden, here shows up all these Antifa people, which have been kind of quiet lately, but I guess the funding came through again to pay them to show up. And they, they came, you know, and they're holding signs that say, keep Roanoke gay and all of this stuff. And uh, there were now I don't know there were there were pictures of people on the like the roofs of parking garages and stuff like that. I don't know if those were cops that were watching what was going on or if those were Antifa people. It was clear that it was being done was to uh, intimidate the people who were protesting this. Hmm. Uh, and so every time there's this like this is. This is a war uh, in on a cultural level. And listen, I have great nieces, you know, like 15 or so great nieces and nephews. And I look at these little kids and I'm like, uh, what kind of world are they growing up in? And is it possible for them to go to a public school? I, I think the people need to seriously, if you can do it in any way, you need to get your kids out of the public schools. Can't emphasize that uh, more. And you need yes. to be careful about Christian schools, too, because some of the Christian schools have gone woke. Yes. And I think people in the church need to help people who want to homeschool their kids. And I'm not so sure, looking at what's going on in colleges, by and large, that homeschooling should exist through college. Mm. That's a good point, because brother. They're trying to change their and this has been a long march through the institutions. I yep. saw it when I was in grad school back in the 70s, and it's way worse now than it was then. Yep. You know, it was sort of one-off at a public university back in those days, but now it's everywhere. Yeah, and by the way, that article, this was a Sunday morning, quote, drag brunch. A drag brunch on a Sunday morning so people don't go to church, right? They go to this drag event, and then these armed, black-clad uh, Antifa protesters are there to intimidate conservatives or Christians that want to protest. We've got a lot more coming up with John Haller on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. By the way, you can get all the resources you need, over 200 of them, good news sources, great ministries to follow and learn from at StandUpForTheTruth.com. One word at the top, and that would be resources. Share. This is an amazing thing. We put together in alphabetical order, and John Haller mentioned City Journal and Chris Rufo. Phenomenal work he does. A true journalist spirit there, and I love him. I love Alex Newman and so many others, um, James O'Keefe. But, uh, John, let's go on to the next one briefly before we get into world news and go over to Germany and the and the U.K. Let's, let's talk about Boston Children's Hospital and uh, these, quote, sex change or gender reassignment surgeries on minors. Go ahead. So uh, just so people know, on, on Twitter and elsewhere, Libs of TikTok and some other people were posting videos from doctors at Boston Children's Hospital. And um, they were saying, uh, you know, this is how we do uh, top surgery. Top surgery is mastectomies on young girls, on girls. 
Uh, and then there was another doctor talking about how she does hysterectomies. And sometimes we remove the ovaries and sometimes we don't. And then another guy talking about creating male parts for females. Uh, and so these videos were posted. And then, and then so a lot of people pushed back and they were calling Boston Children's Hospital. And Boston Children's Hospital immediately came out and said, we don't do that. We, don't, it's, we only do things on people over the age of 18. But then a great journalist, a guy named Brandon Showalter at ChristianPost.com, mm -hmm. uh, researched it. And what he did was he went back into the medical research journals and found out, and I, I don't hold me to the numbers because I heard him interviewed, uh, but that at Boston Children's Hospital, they had done 63 uh, mastectomies or hysterectomies surgeries, the beginning parts of transgender stuff, and assigning puberty blockers. Yep. And there were dozens of people under the age of 16 that this was done on. And so what it was, Boston Children's Hospital is lying. Uh, there was a clinic in the UK called Tavistock that was part of the National Health Service, the NHS. And they, what they did was they were doing these things, oftentimes without the consent or knowledge of parents to children, uh, there are now, uh, I think, a hundred people, hundred <clears throat> families that are suing Tavistock. Yep, a thousand. This. There, a thousand, there I are, think. Yeah, maybe it is a thousand. And what they were finding was that there were clusters. There was a there was an, a lady who wrote a letter to the editor in the Washington Post back on August eighteenth or nineteenth, and she said, "Hey, my daughter, she's she started using she she's transitioning, and all of her girlfriends are too." Now, of no, wait a minute. So in human history, listen, I grew up in America. I did not know a single transgender person in all of my I knew people who identified as gay or lesbian or whatever, but I didn't know a single transgender person in all my time. And that include time in public university and schools. Yep. Um, but now we have clusters of these. So it's a learned behavior. But of course, if they want to do this, that's not conversion of therapy. That's the, the so your your sexual orientation is fixed at birth and can never be changed, but your physical gender that you're born with can be. This is the insanity of the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. So this is happening all over the world, and so I would highly recommend go get Brandon Showalter's articles at uh, thechristianpost.com. Uh, just type his name in, and they're they're very eye-opening as to the corruption in medicine. And uh, by the way, Heather McDonald, a, another great columnist at uh, uh, the Claremont Institute and uh, City Journal, uh, she wrote a lot on uh, crime in America. She has a new thing out about the corruption of medical research that we see going on. Yes. And it, it's frightening. And it's, it's almost to the point where you have to, in fact, the doctor came out the other day and said, I, I, I automatically assume that medical research is not true. Mm, that's a doctor. That was a doctor. I yeah. Listen, I get contacted by doctors all the time, uh, like excess deaths that are going on in the country. I, I was just talking two hours to a doctor the other day. And he said, I live in a little town. And I probably should. It's, it's a small town. And he said, what I'm seeing in my town is off the charts of people dying suddenly, uh, blood clots, cardiac, yep. and cancers developing. He said, I've been a doctor for thir over 30 years. I've never seen this happen before. And by the way, we and talked about that, John, a couple days ago on the podcast. I think Tuesday um, we really discussed this problem that we're seeing with even athletes, professional athletes. These, these are some of the most fit people on the planet in their 20s and 30s. They're having certain whatever is causing them to drop dead or uh, and we're not going to make any connections here, but we're letting um, you know people decide for themselves. But get this information because the media will not report it. But we've got the to, facts are out there. Yep, the facts are out there. We've got to move on quickly, John, because we did want to get over to uh, Germany and maybe we'll get to Turkey, Iran, Russia. But let's talk about these dramatic increases in cost of living and the prices of energy. Uh, a lot of us believe the globalists are kind of saying, oh, great, this is happening. They're doing it on purpose. But, John, your your perspective on this issue it, worldwide. It, it appears to be part of the Great Reset. Let me go first to uh, uh, 
Governor Gruesome in California. <laughs> Emperor. Yeah, Emperor Gruesome in California. And he comes <laughs> out and he says, hey, we are, we're doing great. You know, uh, we are going to ban the sale of gas combustion engine cars in California as of 2035. You all need to go get an electric car. The next day, it wasn't even 24 hours <laughs> before the California utility companies were coming out and saying, uh, by the way, we're having a heat wave and we don't really think we have enough power to cover everything. So you need to be, I, I did two interviews with Tom Hughes this week from uh, 412 church out in San Jacinto, California. He said, I'm, I'm turning off my lights and they're, they're telling people, Oh, by the way, till we get over this power crisis, don't charge your electric cars. Now, wait a minute. What? I thought you wanted us all to go electric. So this is a scam. Mm -hmm. There is something sinister going on. Mm -hmm. So look at what's happening in Britain. The Financial Times the other day, the headline on their website, people are going to die. The front page of The Guardian, lives will be lost. And what has happened is the price of utilities has skyrocketed. I just got an email from a lady this morning who had listened to me this week, and she said, John, my father was sick. He was at home. He was dying. We shut everything off at the house. And he died. And I, I'm so sorry that she, for her loss. But she says, we're getting the utility bills where everything is shut off. We can't pay the utility bills for a place where we shut down everything that we possibly could. And people in the UK are saying, I may close my business. And mothers are saying, I have to decide whether I'm going to feed my child or pay the utility bill. Wow. The megawatt cost per hour in the UK has gone up. So I'll just use dollar to dollar kind of comparison okay. without the conversion. Okay. U.S. costs 70 to $80 per megawatt hour. In the UK and Europe, it's usually about three times that much for whatever reason. But now with Germany and all these people, like Germany shut down all but a couple of their nuclear reactors, and they're still talking about shutting those down. They shut down their coal plants, and they've gone to like, I don't know, 40%, 45% renewals. But the renewables don't work all the time. Exactly. You need to have that backup power on all the time. And so now with the Russian gas being shut down, they're, they're telling people are being told in France, they're shutting down the lights in cities at night to save power so they don't use up the gas that they've got stored because they're not going to get any for this winter. And so the megawatt cost per hour, $70 to $80 in the U.S., was about $200 or so in the U.K., Germany, other countries in Europe. It has gone, and now it's dropped back a little bit in Germany, but in Germany the other day it was $1,200 per megawatt hour. From 200 to 1200. Wow. Now it's dropped back to about 550. It's gone to 550 in the UK. It's gone to a thousand in France. And they're saying is, how are people going to afford this? And now Russia is doing maintenance on its main gas pipeline and they've shut it down. And, and, and what's Russia doing? Russia's making more money off gas and oil than they have ever. Saudi Arabia is making more money than ever. Hmm. And Russia and Iran are talking about creating a gas cartel to sell gas. Because, and Iran's going to come back online with this crazy, insane Iran deal that they're trying to push through now, or going to be pushing through pretty soon. Hmm. And it's putting Israel at risk. It's putting us at risk. And it will result, that deal will result in about a trillion dollars in extra revenue over the next few, four or five years to Iran, the greatest, the largest sponsor of terrorism in the world. This fits into Bible prophecy. So in the UK and everything, they're having the great reset. And people are looking at this and say, is this part of a plan? Because this makes no sense. Um, I would highly recommend you follow a guy on Getter, G-E-T-T-R. Uh, it's an app that you can download. There's a guy named uh, Dave Walsh. Uh, you'll see him on warroom.org from mm -hmm. time to time. Uh, Dave Walsh Energy. Uh, he's built power plants all over the world, and he just says this whole thing is just completely out of control, and the cost is going to skyrocket, and it's not going to stay away from America. People need to prepare for this. I will add one other thing. Mm -hmm. We've heard about all of these 
fires at foods facilities and everything. It's my understanding now that the, there's a big refinery in uh, Whiting, Indiana, outside of Chicago, in the Gary, Indiana, Chicago area, mm-hmm. that is now on a pretty significant shutdown because of the fire. And they supply, uh, they do about f- almost half a, half a million barrels per day through that refinery. And that's diesel, jet fuel, and gasoline. That's probably going to have an impact on things. And, and they, we seem to be having all these fires. We have droughts here. We have you know, droughts in the desert Southwest, people, crops aren't growing. Some places they're having um, uh, big crops like wheat in, in North Dakota, but other places they're not producing hmm. because of drought. And we have drought in France. We have drought in China, the Yangtze River Valley. Uh, they're, they're having power problems. And I should tell you if, you, if you want to see what's going on, go to marine traffic uh, dot com and go to the left and select filters for tankers, uh, container ships, and then unspecified and go to Shanghai. So zoom in on Shanghai and what you will see. I think I sent you a picture of it. Yes. There. So China's doing this zero COVID thing and they've shut down production. Um, they've had droughts and heat and they've shut down production. They're, they're still probably the most important cog in the supply chain. I have friends who bought, bought a truck recently. They said, oh, by the way, your GPS won't work and this won't work. And th- but when we get the chips, you know, we'll put them in your new truck. So the truck will actually work that you thought you were buying. Um, but in China, when you look at the container ships and everything, you know, there was a supply chain. There were all these trucks. Now all these all these ships that were out there waiting, they're now all gray. They turned off their transponders. Wow. Because there's nothing for them to ship. Wow. Go, I mean, go to marine traffic, select unspecified, and zoom in around Shanghai, which is the biggest port in the world, and see what's happening. I'm telling you, is if everybody thinks this is all okay and everything's working fine. <clears throat> I'm sorry, it's not. I mean, we people need to be wise and prepare. I mean, look, trust the Lord, okay? Of course. But as I like to say, listen, the Lord will provide. And But I use the example of this. We know that Jesus could walk on the water, right? But every time except one, he took a boat. <laughs> so... You know, we need to use the tools that God has given us. Amen. And we need to be wise. I, I'm just telling you, um, you know, get stuff extra so you can share with people. I, I have friends in the UK. I, I mentioned this Sunday, and they're writing me saying, we're setting up food banks, warming centers at our church, and trying to raise extra money to keep the lights and heat on at the church so people can go there and be warm this winter. Wow. So that's that's the way people should react. Mm. Use it as a, a ministry opportunity for outreach. But I'm telling you that we are in this incredible shift in human history. It's, mm-hmm. And it's frightening, Potentially. but it's also kind of exciting. Yeah, well, we're getting closer to the end, and praise God for that. But we've got to be prepared. And we're not getting all the right information, obviously, from our media. But we, we know places that can get it. John Haller, we thank you for all the work that you do, brother, and uh, we'll do it again, Lord willing, uh, next time. <laughs> okay, thank you, David. All right, tomorrow, Army veteran Fernando Arroyo, uh, he serves uh, veterans struggling with different issues, PTSD, drug addiction, and others. We'll talk about him, or talk with him tomorrow. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.